0: there's a thing called uh, proportionality bias. And that is the intuition that many people have that if there is a big event, then the cause of that thing should also be big or, or at least similarly big. And it extends to, if there is an extraordinary event, then the cause of the thing should also be kind of, at least in the same ballpark, in levels of extraordinary. And I have, um, I have this idea that many of the of religions, religious, religious intuitions, kind of have their basis in this bias. Mm. It kind of comes back to well, the universe is so big and incomprehensible and complex and so there must be something behind that that is equally mysterious and, and big and all-powerful. And I think this is an often overlooked kind of uh, yeah kind of bias hmm. and, and I have a peppy for for biases. I like uh, this comes back to the consistency and um, try to stamp out the biases and and yeah, be consistent in that way. What do What do you think about that, Scott? Like, do you, does this resonate with you, or is
1: this kind of a? I've never heard the the theory. Um, what did you call it? Um, proportional.
0: Yeah, proportionality bias. Proportionality
1: yeah. Bias. Yeah.
0: There's a it's, bunch of bias. Like, uh, there's uh, things that are earlier in time have more impact. That's like the recency bias. Um, oh, and. and yeah and, and there's a bunch of there's a whole list of those kind of biases hmm. Hmm. um and you can see them in lots of different fields but yeah
1: mm. um well uh yeah so i I find it interesting and I could definitely see the the reasoning there um, hmm. and then I guess I'm curious if there was a moment that that triggered you to to start to think about that bias or if it's m- more um kind of thinking just In terms of people who have a like you said religious intuition, Mm -hmm. that would be something that you would you would propose to them of like, are you sure it's not this bias that's leading you to this conclusion? So I guess a general observation that our podcast spurred because we're talking about faith, or if there was a specific moment that you're like, ooh, that person or that thing that Scott said, I'm curious if he knows about this bias.
0: Hmm. Yeah, well, I I've known I've known about this bias for a while now, and I uh, I recognize it in in different kind of arguments or in different situations when people are speaking. And uh, in a previous podcast, there was a situation where um, uh, yeah, which I kind of just mimed in a shitty voice of saying, "Oh, the universe is so big." I imagine this is a a, a moment where uh, where this proportionality bias kind of is at play in, uh, where it has in recent times, I've been more sensitive to it because um, with all the um, corona stuff, there's a, a massive influx of uh, conspiracy thinking. And I, uh, to me, it's very clear that the proportionality bias is also at work in much of... The conspiratorial thinking, where you say this is such an extraordinary event, there must be a massive, extraordinary cause, and then they interject their favorite world order or whatever, or like, and and even kind of benign and more, um, more moderate kind of conspiracy theories. They they seem to be based almost solely on the intuition that they're. There is something big and impactful happening now. There must be something big uh, e- of equal size and importance behind this for this to be like this. Hmm. And they totally discount the kind of uh, the black swan events of the, the, the massive events that have almost tiny causes. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been more sensitive to it these days.
1: Hmm. That makes sense? Yeah, linking it to coronavirus. Yeah. Hmm.
0: How do you, Scott, for, for how, how um, I mean, it's not. To, I mean, it's notoriously hard to stamp out your own biases or catch yourself in biases. I'm definitely no example a, a exception to that. How do you think this plays? Have you ever um, seen this? It's it's easier to to point to the other the other people. Um, how do you, how do you think this plays out in,
1: in religious circles? Well, I guess I'm trying to do some introspection and maybe you could help me along, like how you would see a Christian doing this. Um, uh, I'm a bias machine. <laughs> I, I like everyone. I think it really try to stamp out cognitive dissonance by discrediting the opposite. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, that's a big one.
1: The opposite force. Um, but help me along a little bit. How, how would a Christian kind of use this bias to, to build up or prop up their beliefs?
0: Hmm.
1: Well, they
0: have um, a special experience uh, of, of any kind, whether it be mundane happening that they experience as, as super special or it's actual, like. Um, in your case, maybe uh, someone um, becoming a parent. That's kind of a big thing Hmm. uh, for many people. Hmm. And I imagine for for a Christian, it can be tempting, I imagine to, to see in this extraordinary happening, an extraordinary force at work.
1: Yeah, that's super interesting. Hmm. Yeah, to almost explain like, well, this must have been God. Mm-hmm. This uh, this time, I, I I should have died. Yeah, um, or any,
0: or even like seeing a sunset or or whatever, and like having having a beautiful experience, and 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 bringing in this this divine thing, and not not just after a while, like as their first guess Hmm. that's that's a big giveaway Mm.
1: and you feel like it's um intellectually dishonest to yeah maybe see a beautiful sunset and just be like let's thank god for this moment
0: Mm. i mean you're you're totally free to to do that
2: i feel like steady is more saying like i can see this beautiful sunset because god put me here in this moment looking at the sunset instead of yeah, thanking uh, him afterwards. Yeah. Oh, like more the orchestration yeah. of a moment or
1: something.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mentioned I'm, I could apply it to both, um, but the way you phrased it makes it very harmless, like what could be wrong about thinking, thinking whoever, hmm. and that's fine. Hmm. Um, and, and in a way, many biases are fine. Until they're not
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally,
0: yeah mm. do you think there's an overemphasis on because a bias would lead to an overemphasis on a certain thing, whatever the bias is do i would I would argue or or I think I perceive an overemphasis um um on on a grand experience, having a grand um, meaning with the grand being behind it in in religious circles mm-hmm. how would you how would you see that?
1: yeah again it's it's a bit hard for me to fully dive in without kind of having this like concrete moment mm. in someone's life, my life, mm-hmm. um, a previous guest's life that we're mm-hmm. like unpacking or like, well, this moment he had yeah. this feeling that he got to God, this sense of peace. And uh, and and it was a it was a, an impressive moment. There was impressiveness in the sensations he was feeling. Mm-hmm. Peace when he wasn't feeling peace prior um a lack of anxiety when that was the defining characteristic of his life there was something significant boom this moment sense of peace and um so his observations of the sensations are not wrong
0: no
1: um but then it seems like what you're saying is significant moment significant conclusion that then creates a whole life around that like god exists in that moment i found it i he didn't speak audibly but i felt his presence is often words Christians use. Um, he, he revealed himself to me. He made himself known. Mm. There's this sense of I am not alone in this moment because that felt supernatural. Because everything that I had known about who I am is anxiety until this moment. And it was no anxiety. And I feel like I had this moment to, I let go. I let go of control um, to God because of that that beauty of the moment that he revealed himself to. Um, and so it seems like you are in that, in that moment saying um, still significant and, and you're not trying to detract from the significance of their moment and, and not even trying to say, well, what you observed is not what happened. Um, none of that. And, and even celebrating, I'm really glad you found a moment of zero anxiety that led to a life free of anxiety or less, significantly less. And you're probably celebrating. I'm really glad that that was an impetus for a whole bunch of change. But, and and so then I, this is what I don't know if you're saying you're either saying that wasn't God and you shouldn't call it God, but keep having the change that you found, or you can't be certain that that was God. So be careful in what you're attributing to God.
0: Yeah, um, I'm I'm leaning more towards the latter one, like um, the be careful side. The be careful since since there this bias seems to exist so if you fall into a bias over and over and over again it can lead to a pretty significant story around how you how this bias is influencing your life hmm. and i would yeah i would be wary of that hmm. yeah just as i would be wary of of having my life influenced by other biases
1: hmm. Joey, I'm kind of curious if you've got any thoughts to throw in because I've I've got some other thoughts on this too, just of how the nature of faith and bias. I'm kind of curious to see how what the link might be there between those two words. But yeah, Joey, what do you think of this whole idea of um, proportional
0: proportionality bias?
1: Proportionality <laughs> bias, and and then Joey, I'm any of us. Is there other moments? In our personal life that we could point to that's that's really what i'm curious about how does this play out because i kind of get it on like a theoretical level but
2: no I, I feel like you can also look at it as like um that you have a that you have a big bias uh towards certain people because you uh because your friend group consists of certain people so for example Sarah you know uh, i wager a lot of radical honesty honestly people and maybe you grown to have a sort of a bias not that it's in your personality but that it's more that you gravitate towards those people because the bias says that those people resonate with who you are Mm -hmm. and i feel i do the same with my friend group is that i become friends with a certain type of people Um, and that in that bias that i noticed that during my speed dating (laughs) a little while back is that i have a bias towards certain people and that's why I didn't give other people uh, the chance to be themselves around me and that I can know them. Because the bias tells me that I will not connect with certain type of people.
0: Yeah, this is a great example of kind of how a bias can really materialize yourself in a substantial way and influence your life in a substantial way. Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe when it comes to a religious experience, I would be even be slightly more wary because a religious perspective can have pretty far-reaching consequences on your outlook, on the rest of your life. So, yeah, I would be even a bit more cautious when it is a bias that has influence on, on religious uh, experiences.
1: Hmm. Okay, so let me take in a question. Um, so, okay, um, part of Christianity is, or, or I guess it could be any religion, but I, you know, I know, I know Christianity. So I'll speak from there. Uh, uh, no one wants me to speak on Bahaism. I don't know anything about it. Um, I know a little bit anyway. So, uh, part of believing in a religion. Is finding a narrative that you believe on faith and it is often because it's in, in the realm of spirituality it's linking dots kind of behind the scenes of this, the natural world things like a soul and it's seeking to describe what is the connection between humans how how do we how do we interact with each other and where does love come from? And, um, and, and things like identity, who, who are you um, at your core versus who are you that you've learned to be or that society tells you you are? This kind of ties back into our thoughts on human nature. But so much of um, Christianity for me is finding the core of who I was made to be. So made being one of the parts of Christianity, made not just happened. Um, And and if made then made purposely and if made purposely made by something and if made by something um, Made with an intention and and then of course Christianity purports that that person that thing is a deity that is knowable. It supersedes human nature and it is a loving Father a loving God. um, Who father is our best representation of his relationship to us father to children and um and so christianity as i look at my identity and again talking about um who i am at my core versus who i've learned to be some of the things let's say there's like a box here in the outer rim box um the outer rim box is messages, like th- th- things that even like radical honesty would talk about the stories that I've believed, things like I must perform to be loved. And me, my little, you know, acting days, theater major, still acting, but like have really learned that well, like I need to meet expectations. I need to um, perform well in whatever the task is in order to receive affirmation. And affirmation is my, ri- is my radar for how, well, how loved I am. So mm-hmm. The more affirmation, the more loved. And so that would drive me into pursuits to be like the life of the party, to have everyone like me and give me, you know, compliments, whatever. So that I would say is a significant portion of my pursuit. But then as I've become more and more integrated as a child, but then as an adult, as I started looking into things myself, um, finding the message within Christianity that you are valued because you're made and because of God's sacrifice on your behalf. It's basically like there is a difference between humans and, and God, and he came down to bridge that gap. So that's, that's where Jesus fits in. But the ultimate end result is this, this idea that I take on faith, that I have value regardless of what I do, and that I, have, um, and that I no longer need to prove myself. So then it's become this narrative and and I man, I could point to all the different scriptures that really push this narrative forward. So it's not something I'm necessarily overlaying onto scripture, but it's something that I'm noticing all of the time now. It's like, gosh, this is the, the resounding message of of scripture that God, you know, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son It's one of the big verses a lot of people know. Um, so then instead of the, my question is, am I now... So, so these are things that I believe on faith. There's often moments where I don't, where I I feel the pull of old thinking um, as a husband. And maybe I let Brianna down or I I react in anger and I really make her feel afraid or scared or or hurt her trust. and, And then it hits me as husband's one of my main identifiers. And if I'm failing at that, who am I as a person? So then there's this tension of, I feel this most potently because it's something I recently did. It feels like a constant pattern. It feels like something I can't necessarily change. And yet I have this narrative that I'm also holding on to by faith. And that might be where the bias is, but I'm, I'm claiming that God is changing me, even though I can't necessarily see that change because he's my maker. And loves me and has that vested interest in making me into this new creation, this new man basically modeled after the person of Jesus so that's like where the Christians Mm -hmm. go um and so it is something that I believe on faith it's like even the moments where I'm not feeling it Mm -hmm. I choose it kind of thing
0: okay
1: so hopefully that all kind of made sense as I unpacked a little bit of there but then um as you've been thinking about this bias how would you then reflect back on what I've described Hmm. Um, I'd say
0: hmm, I, I might I might have to ask you a question first because um, you said one phrase that stood out to me while you were speaking was um, having value regardless of what I do and you attributed this to to God or God's love or God's influence um, and God's purpose that is working through you, if I'm not totally butchering your, mm-hmm. your phrasing. Um, I think it's, it's totally, um, I think it's totally possible to rephrase this story and make it retain all the important parts while taking out the notion of God Hmm. Hmm. and and to me that would even feel more empowering I would say but this is clearly talking about bias this is clearly my bias I have a strong
1: I have a strong
0: drive for, to be independent and self-sufficient. And so, um, yeah. So, um, yeah. In light of your story with this. So if, if you can, how would you feel about your story if you took God out of the equation?
1: Hmm. Yeah. Great question. Um, Okay, so the way I would articulate that is, it would be okay. So now I'm just believing something because I want to believe it. Scott, you are a good person, even though my evidence might might be proving might be otherwise. Even, that, even good but,
0: but that's still faith, right?
1: Yes, but I think the difference here is um, one is I'm an island. And I'm going to protect myself with af- with affirming self beliefs, okay. almost like I'm visualizing it. You're a good person, so that you will become a good person eventually. Okay. Versus the the flip is I'm a depraved person and I have no good apart like on my own. Okay. And um. And that there needs the the Maker who made me to redeem. Yikes. Um, so so basically God made us
2: mm-hmm.
1: without sin. We chose our rules versus his. So that's what broke the relationship. So basically, I live in a sinful state unless he intervenes. That's maybe where the God part comes in.
0: Yeah. But with the whole sinful part, that's where God, the story of God is already manifesting, right?
1: Yeah, it's part of the narrative. Yeah. So I'm
0: I was I was asking to take God totally out of the equation. I know. Sorry. (laughs) Yes, you're right. You're right. Okay. Um... Like totally, 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 (laughs) like all the way down. (laughs) No God all the way down.
1: And maybe this is where my bias pumps in. Um, Part of me wonders from a bias standpoint, can you have change when it's just instituted instituted from within yourself? or whatever, wherever it comes from, you know?
2: Actually, I, actually, I want to interject. I think yes, yeah. because there's a lot of people that don't have beliefs and do not believe in, a, in, a, in any form of God. So they have to, like me, pump it out of themselves. If you want to change, <laughs> there has to be a belief in a better tomorrow, but you can't, count, you can't count on a God if you don't believe in a God, so to speak. So anyone can pump that change out of their system if, if they believe they as a person can do it.
1: And then the, the counter I would throw in there, Joey, is this rolls back to my thoughts on self-serving as our base nature, as humans, that whatever change we enact, so humans can change. I'm not denying that Humans can change on their own self-will, but they do it because it, it is more advantageous to their self-preservation to change. So for example, you, you cuss a whole bunch, but then you jump on a podcast. It is, it is more advantageous to adjust your behavior for the purpose of the podcast um, than to be your, your fullness of self, hypothetically.
0: How would you view then view like self-deprecating or self-destructive behaviors? There are proper self-destructive behaviors. Like codependency and um, yeah, basically, basically going against your better judgments because of fear or addiction. or whatever. Addiction is a, mm-hmm. is a great example, and that mm-hmm. can be from sugar addiction to heroin, all the way on the yeah, and everything yeah. in between. Yeah. Um. So, so how would that work?
1: And you're asking me how would that work in terms of human change?
0: Yeah. So how if if You, yeah, you totally got it. You said it was because of their own, humans change because of, you put to Joey, like they change because they're self-serving. I I would say they would also either change or not change because of many reasons, a bunch of which are totally not self-serving and even self-destructive
1: oh they would change okay yeah maybe they have like a, a someone with an eating disorder and they're they're trying to change their body
0: um, or yeah many or or like stay in an abusive relationship or sure. or sure. yeah
1: yeah yeah um well and and again i think this is why we need something outside of human nature to point us the way because everything you're bringing up is um is exactly right. Humans have the ability to distort reality and then try to change based on their distortion of reality. The, the idea that I must weigh less than a hundred pounds or the, the idea that I must, um, I must have this kind of body or I must, um, if I just sleep with one more woman, that would make me fulfilled. There's this, this, this distortion. And I think addictions often from distorted reality. So, um, they are still trying they're still they're still in their human mind capsule, trying to come up with what will make me happy, what will make me feel more purposeful, and that's where the distortion comes from so that's why you need something outside of humanity to um, point point the way
0: mm. yeah i don't I don't see that necessary necessity, uh, necessity. Um, and why. So how would that work for, does that still apply to people with no faith or the even rejecting of faith? I mean, there, there is, I think there is an easy answer. Like God influences even those people who don't have faith or mm-hmm. even believe in a different God. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I find this a very unsatisfactory Answer. my
2: my personal answer because I am till this day still dealing with either depression or uh, and a very honest answer suicidal thoughts hmm. um, the, there is not a belief in God will help me for me but there is the strong belief out, outside of myself is that there is the possibility just the possibility not a guarantee that there is a better tomorrow and just that initial thought is what keeps some people going that that can be enough for other people it has to be a partner like it can be out of their own thing Uh, there's some people that even buy a dog and that is enough and in the in those 12 years their life change for for the better
0: yeah i mentioned there's a whole host of thoughts like that and uh, uh, which can be similar or totally different uh, and, and some of them are totally delusional, and some of them are totally worthwhile hmm. thoughts, but they do keep people going, and they do elicit change. Um, and and it seems in that context, a god seems almost superfluous. Um,
2: hmm. Yeah,
1: <clears throat> no, I definitely hear what you guys, yeah, what you guys are saying. Um, and I think I really do want to acknowledge that there are, uh, humans who reject faith, like you said, or, um, or, or follow different faiths in mind that, that have, uh, worthwhile pursuits. Um, and maybe the thing would be to try to figure out, is is there a separation between worthwhile and not worthwhile pursuits? If I were to throw out a potential separation, it would be, um, one group is, is still, living in that base human nature that it's like the default nature. Maybe that's what I'm putting forward is we have a default nature default being like it's, it's autopilot, it's automatic. And that's the, that's the survive by besting others. That's the self-serving that we saw with plants. But then there's people who can super, who can transcend. I think I've said this before, transcend that and it's when you start to see, when you start to care more about others than you care about yourself, that's the transcending of self-servingness, um, selflessness, and, um, and I think we all have sparks of both. I think we all have the ability to see a better nature and the ability to see within us that default nature. Um, so then the question is, how do you, how do you get to a, a selfless life? versus a self-ish life. Um and, and so then so that would probably open up a whole nother conversation of how you know how is that worthwhile? Should that be what we pursue and, and what, how do you get there? Um, but that's maybe where I've got my confirmation bias. I, I believe that it it takes something outside of humanity to truly show us um what it what it looks like to live selflessly
0: yeah yeah i mean i i can i can resonate with that like it is a it is a a train of thought that's that's kind of easy to to envision um and kind of it has analogies in the world for sure like something outside us showing us the way for sure. That's a very old motive. Um, and I would say, yeah, but that doesn't, for me, that doesn't carry enough weight hmm. to, it's just one of the many, many, many options. Like we talked about with Joey, one of the many ways people find purpose and find, um, find a way to keep going. Uh, and it sounds all very depressing, but people are also flourishing, uh, find a way to flourish for sure. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just one of the options and I don't think it has a, it doesn't feel very compelling to me. Mm. Uh, and I think it has um, a few downsides as well in a sense, the fact that it is outside of us can make f- for some people um, feel spark some uh, hopelessness or helplessness, because mm. it is outside of them, mm. like they they feel like they can't do it. Um, it would work better for them something. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it would better, wor- it would w- sort of work better for them if they had the conviction that was within them, and for other people, it might be might be
1: different. Hmm. Yeah. Joy, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, this idea of mm. uh, force outside of us, or does your change coming from within humanity?
2: Well, in a way, um, I mean, it's it's both. I think the moment you put your faith uh, into a god, and you find that it gives you the strength to accomplish something in a way you look for an outside f- f- source to give you that strength but at the same time because you can confirm that it isn't or, or that it is or isn't from that outside source it's still something you do by yourself you only find an initial spark to do it that's what i think about it um in a way i am kind of jealous that people can believe in such a way i i And with Stero on this one, it doesn't really uh, trigger that spark in me, maybe yet. I can see the hope in your eyes, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, that's the reason, like, for me, it's especially just having that fate, like, going on, going on, going strong. Uh, But if you get that from an outside source, that it's not necessarily a, a negative thing. If The moment you become reliant on that... For example, there's people that have to do a prayer before they do something, or they have to hold a s- specific item, or otherwise they can't perform. The moment you become reliant on those kind of things, it becomes a negative.
1: Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, it's not a crutch.
2: Yeah, it's it's not a necessarily a negative thing to have those rituals, but you have to still function without those things. Hmm. I think that's the key difference. Hmm.
1: I, uh, yeah. Um, One of the things I'm thinking about is is there a better way to describe it than outside humanity when it's not linked to God? One of the thoughts that I had is um, I think we do this, I think everyone does this without God, belief in God. Um, Humans don't come up with many original thoughts you know, we, we tag on to what's been thought and said beforehand. Uh, um, And, and even the type of person you want to be, it's, it's because you have somebody else or some other people that you have seen their life and said, I want to live more like that. Maybe it's a character in history. Uh, For me, a woman named Corrie Ten Boom, she's Dutch um, is one of my biggest role models. And, and so she's outside of me. So she's something outside of me. Mm-hmm. Of course, not outside of humanity, but she, and she's, she said she lived in World War II. Um, but her faith led her to hide uh, Jews in her house with her family, that, something that no one else around them, of course, in the others, but in their circle weren't doing. Um, people were, were just surviving. It was, it, and, and I can't even blame them because the default nature is very powerful because it says, why stick out my neck unnecessarily at the cost of my family my health my my kids my wealth whatever but her faith was the reason she stuck her neck out she's like i have no other choice there is no option here this is what i'm called to do called that's another christian word but it's like mandated she says i like but it's not mandated in like a god's up there being like do it Mm -hmm. but it's like mandated because it was done for her. She's like, if this is the relationship that God did for me, he stuck his neck out. I can stick out my neck. And so I guess I know it's not necessarily compelling, but I guess I would argue you already do this. You look to people maybe within radical honesty or Joey, like as we're watching movies or reading books and we say, wow, that that thought is something I've never interacted with and I really like it. I want to start to integrate it into my life or live like it or be like that person. So that be like Or think like that's in a microcosm what I'm talking about. We look outside of ourselves for change and for meaning. It doesn't come with, it doesn't just spark within, it always has an outside impetus. So then, if that's true, it's not too far of a leap to say, (laughs) yeah, to have a belief in God. Because if for for me, yeah,
0: uh, for for me, um, I would argue that is a big leap and, and I, <laughs> I I understand the logic behind it like we do look outside ourselves and uh, in the example of uh, a person resisting oppression and risking their own life for the benefit of others by out of a religious motive is is great and there are many examples that stand side by side that do the same, but without a religious motive, hmm. um, and it is, um, and it is, I mean, the looking outside yourself is obvious to me, um, but to you're not just. It's not just another thing you're looking at. It has a whole cosmos of, of consequences and implications and it's yeah to me it doesn't I don't think it's it's even close to to just a small leap. I would consider it a massive leap. Massive leap.
1: Yeah. Which is fair. Yeah. yeah. But at least the premise yeah. of, of humans looking outside themselves. You see that yeah. I'm 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 totally down with that. I think that's um uh, a,
0: a worthwhile pursuit and we we stand on the shoulders of giants in so many different ways totally. um, both intellectually as, as as examples or role models or, or yeah 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 yeah
1: hmm well uh, we got back into the weeds we found ourselves back in the weeds um, <clears throat> but the weeds is a good place I don't For know. Sure. What, it's um, cozy, man. But you know, there's something really good about getting, getting deep into something versus just a general survey of a whole bunch of things. So I really, I really appreciated this. For um, sure. I never know what weeds we're going to get into. So it's always quite interesting <laughs> to see what we got.
0: There's always a new patch somewhere that has been
1: unexplored. <laughs> I'm, I'm always pleasantly surprised by the weeds that I find myself in. Uh, well, I'd love to do again, um, a, a little, a little takeaway. What, what mm-hmm. kind of things are you now pulling from this, this episode? Mm-hmm. And then we've got one last question. It's Joey's favorite for you, Stedda. Oh, okay. And that'll be our, that'll be our wrap ups. But yeah, what, what, um, what things are we taking away? And I'll start this time. Um, Stetta, I really appreciate your desire for specificity with words. And for the speaker to be clear and for you as the under as the listener to be under clear as to what they mean it seems like that has a lot of its roots in radical honesty as well as just how you are you i think you value words you value concepts and you value knowing what people mean by them and having them know what they mean by them and so even in these brief moments we've had here i really appreciate how you've helped uh say well let's let's not take agnosticism for granted let's dig into what we mean by that um and you've really pushed me to not take faith for granted that that can't be just a word that I I loop around as well as um, this leap that you've just pointed out that that could be part of my propositional, proportional, painful, (laughs) Um, (laughs) that uh, I might have a fair uh, ideology about the the beauty that humans find uh, meaning and truth and direction from sources outside of themselves, but need to come to better conclusions or at least the the rationale of how that links to God. So that's what I'm taking. I think that's a that's a really good critique.
0: Yeah, I I appreciate uh, the 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 word you just said. Um I like to be seen as someone who is precise and I value being precise um even way before radical honesty and and yeah the I really enjoy the clarity and the um, and and actually the new insights that follow from the clarity like mm. many of the things we kind of go over kind of step over uh are are the source of many misunderstandings um or or misconceptions even mm. um, so yeah i I'm glad I can. Be, be perceived by you as, a, as someone who values clarity. Hmm. Um, what I'm taking away, I. Um, yeah, for me, listening to the podcast and having my pet peeves and, and writing them down, and then coming on the podcast and actually talking about them. Um, that's been a, a great experience for me because I have this tendency to be very, almost venomous in, if I, if I would write to you, like if I have, would have a written pet peeve discussion with you, it would be venomous, far more venomous and, and, and harsh than what it has been now.
2: Email us. totally totally email us next time you're listening to an episode and you're like this is my thought right now just email us because we will openly and honestly discuss it and we will not attack you at all for it we're very curious what people actually think on the podcast
1: yeah for real Mm -hmm. for real and um and maybe that you can be the start of our vibrant internet community that goes back and forth in all of our episodes and you can create a new avatar that's just like venom 101 and then everyone's just like oh venom's at it again um but but for real uh we would love that feedback if you have notes thoughts pet peeves yeah, yeah. because um we're just starting out and yeah, yeah. we've got a lot of growth to to go through uh so this, i totally agree this is cool and i don't think i quite knew that you were just you know sitting on some some venomous pet peeves that we got to...
0: Yeah, I, I, my, my takeaway was actually like, when discussing it, I I kind of mellow out as well because it's like, and, and rightfully so, it's like um, on one hand, writing is a great way to formulate thoughts and to make sure the steps in your brain can be really big and then really small and then really far and then really short but if you force yourself to put things on paper that becomes really painfully apparent so in that sense writing is good what it's not good for is like the actual feedback and like the feedback halfway through where you are actually oh i see well yeah that's that's totally different than i understood it actually or it's a small difference but it's kind of a small deviation of an ocean liner just. Two degrees, you'll end up at a totally different place mm. at the end of your reasoning. So, yeah, that's that's great for discussing. it. So, mm. so it's another example um, of a, of a takeaway for me. This is a very personal takeaway that I've experienced now. The the difference in conversation and, and the difference in writing it down and mm. having just a
1: mental conversation. Mm. Um, So all you people who've been blasted by Venom 101 due to his Facebook comments, he's sorry. He would like to discuss from here on out. That's Uh, totally what I said.
0: That's (laughs) totally what I said. (laughs) Um,
2: So a personal, I I always get personal takeaways because uh, the second part is almost like a therapy session for me. It's like (laughs) I'm always dropping in very personal stuff in here uh, and thinking about them. Uh, I am really gonna focus on having certain type of conversations with certain type of people Mm -hmm. uh, trying not to let the bias overrule what uh, what I feel because I'm always afraid that people will hate my guts whenever I speak up Uh, and I feel like uh, it's long overdue to have a certain type of conversation with with a good friend of mine Mm -hmm. so um, I feel like I take away that I'm that I shouldn't be as afraid of having that conversation and that it's good to just go with that flow. Dude.
0: It, it warms my heart to hear some of the influence of radical honesty seep into someone else's life. That, that does be brings me joy. I, so cool. I, I make myself happy. <laughs>
2: good. And on, on that note, I have my favorite question. If this is your last day and you have to leave some final words, what are your final words? It can be a sentence. It can be a word. It can be mm. anything you want.
0: Hmm, yeah, that's a tough one. Mm. For me, it would be find, if you're struggling with anything, find the part that you can influence. Find the part where there is some of your skill that you can learn Involve. Find the part that some of the advice you can actually ask or get. Find the part... Where you, can, where you can make a difference. And if there's 10 parts to a problem and you only have influence on one of those 10 parts, then you're making progress and usually one thing leads to another. And this, this can basically make all the difference on a, on a lifetime.
1: Hmm.
2: Nice, mm. I like it. Yeah, mm. that's
1: great. Great way to end. Well, Stata, <laughs> thank you so much for being with us. Joey, thanks, as always. And uh, you all listening out there, please give us some feedback. Uh, If you have notes, questions, comments, we really want to hear that. We want to create more dialogue. You've been listening to Between Two Worlds, a podcast about belief, unbelief, and everything in between. I'm your host, Scott Trout, signing off. Thanks for being here.
2: Bye.